Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Imagine high kicks, synchronizing, red lips, and a Christmas spectacular show that has graced the city since 1933. You've just finished listening to the Radio City Rockettes, an audio piece by Broadway.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gossip Nista podcast, a podcast that's all about New York City. I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and thank you for joining me. Hoping your holiday season has been merry and bright in light of all that's happened in 2020. And as we go into 2021, I wanted to bring you an episode of what I and many would say captures the essence of winter and the holiday season here in the city. Today, we're talking becoming a New York Radio City Rockette with no one other than an actual Rockette, Sophie Selnicki. Sophie had always been destined to become a Rockette, and today you'll hear why and how she did it and how she's now living her Broadway in New York City dream. But first, in my last episode, we talked Beauty in the City with Glowbar, a female-founded facial spa that's revolutionizing the way you treat yourself. It's got all the components a New Yorker loves, fast, effective, and reasonably priced. So if you haven't tuned in, please be sure to head on over to episode 22 to listen. In my interview with Sophie today, she shares her New York story, what led her here, her experience in the city and as a Rockette, what you need to know to become a Rockette, and how you can book film and television gigs in New York City. That plus so much more. Also, be sure not to miss her New York Minute speed round with all her favorite things and tips about New York City. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Gossip Nista podcast wherever you're listening. I'm very thankful to have you as a listener and supporting. Without further ado, here is my interview with Sophie Selnicki. Hey, Sophie, how are you doing today? I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. No, I'm the one that's excited. You know, talking to you, it's the perfect time to to be able to do so. Are you originally from New York? So actually, I am not. I am originally from Fairmont, West Virginia. I grew up in mm-hmm. West Virginia. My mother actually has a dance school here called Movements and Dance. So oh, wow. yeah, I grew up 
in the studio constantly being with my mom, helping with classes. And then when I was about 12 years old, I decided that I wanted to focus more on ballet training. So I then started going to Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School as well as my mother's dance school. So my grandparents and my mother would actually take turns driving me each day an hour and a half to Pittsburgh to ballet. Yeah, it was a long commute, definitely for the 8 a.m. morning ballet classes, but I'm forever grateful for them. Of course. Oh my gosh. So you just said a lot of great things in in, in this beginning, which is, um, you know, one, you know, you're originally from, from, you said West Virginia. Yes. And then so, but your mom has a studio in in New York? In, In West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Okay, awesome. And then so you grew up in a studio pretty much. And then from West Virginia, you wanted to do some ballet. So you went to uh, over to Pittsburgh. You Correct. Drove into yeah. that. My mother's studio, it's ballet, tap, jazz, acro, it's everything. So I grew up doing all forms of dance. And I, when I was a little bit older, I decided I really wanted to focus on ballet. I thought I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer, be in a ballet company. So that was what we decided on. I needed more ballet training. So I would then go in the mornings to Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School, train all day. My grandparents or my mom would then drive me all the way back here to West Virginia. And I would take a 8 p.m. dance class at my mother's school. So I was wow. Yeah, it constantly was- dancing then. That is amazing. So yeah. that we'll talk about it and where it led up to a little bit later, but that is exciting to know. Okay, so you're not originally from New York. So when and why did you move to the city? So I was after I was at Pittsburgh Valley Theater for a while training and then still at home as well. I decided to actually moved to San Francisco for two years, lived in San Francisco for two years. I trained at San Francisco Ballet School, and um, it was quite a huge move and step for me. I was only 17 years old and in my own apartment in San Francisco by myself. So it was definitely a crazy time. And I, again, I always thought I wanted to be a ballet dancer. So I was in San Francisco performing, training every day. And then after two years, I decided I wanted to see what else I was going to do. I thought I would audition for other ballet companies, but I ended up that summer Mm -hmm. auditioning for a Broadway development lab of a new Broadway show called Little Dancer. Mm -hmm. I ended up booking the job, which led me to New York City. And then from there, yeah. Okay. So you booked that job while being in San Francisco. Right. Well, I finished training for two years, was home for the summer because of course, school year, it's almost September through May. I was home for the summer, decided, oh, I'm going to just audition for this, see how it goes. I went into New York City for the day, and I, it was a huge audition. There was 500 girls there. I was, wow. yeah, I was a non-equity member. So in Broadway, you have your equity card, and then it's a part of a union, and then you get to go into auditions and be seen. But I was a non-equity member, so I had to wait the entire day until my last group to be seen. And um yeah, it ended up working out. I went to all these callbacks. It was for the choreographer and director was Susan Stroman, who I'm a huge fan. Uh, she mm-hmm. had so many Broadway shows, won mm-hmm. so many Tony Awards. So it was, I think, just an honor to audition in front of her. And then I ended up booking it. So Wow, you gave me goosebumps. Out of 500 people, you, you were chosen. And, you know, it, it was just on a spontaneous, like, whim, it sounds. You know, you decided exactly. to audition and hear your Broadway career began, in a sense. That is so amazing. Yeah. Okay, so so then that led you to, to New York um, because you, you booked a little dancer. And then so uh, around, you know, how long ago was this that you moved to New York, got this part? And how long have you been in New York since? So it's been about four years now. 
but I've been in New York City, of course, on and off with jobs. But yes, living in New York City for about four years now. Amazing. And so what neighborhood do you currently reside in? So I currently had my apartment in the Upper West Side, which I I was in a brownstone. I lived on 70th and around Columbus. So Oh my gosh. You're like my neighbor, but on the other side of of town. I'm on the east side around that that area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So have you have you been on the west side since you got here? Is that I have. I actually have had two apartments. Well when I first booked my first job in New York City, I actually lived with my cousin who lives in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Mm, Okay. Oh well that's great though that you had family to come to. So definitely, definitely. That was kind of my first introduction to living living in the city in Brooklyn, which was great with my cousin. And then mm-hmm. from there, I continued with more jobs, booking more jobs, and then got my own apartment in the Upper West Side. Great to hear. I love to hear when someone has someone here. I mean, it's not it's not an easy thing to do, kind of to move to New York. If you can have some support, that's always, um, that's always great. But people do it just period all the time. So, you know, what has your overall experience, Sophie, been in New York? New York, ever since I was young, has always been pretty much the end goal of where I've wanted to end up. I would go into the city every summer with my mom. She would take me to see so many Broadway shows. Since I was about, I think my first Broadway show I saw was when I was four years old. So I've definitely been in love with New York City my entire life and always knew that that's where I wanted to end up. That's where I wanted to be dancing professionally. I just didn't really know what job might lead me there. Mm -hmm. So I'm very fortunate now to be working as a dancer in New York, Mm -hmm. living my dream that I wanted ever since I was little. Oh, wow. That is, you need to stop giving me goosebumps, Sophie, but that is awesome. So was your mom um, a dancer growing up and, and, you know, was Broadway something that she loved as well? She uh, danced all of her life growing up and then she went to Point Park College in Pittsburgh and majored in dance. And then from there, she always knew she wanted to teach. She wanted to pass on her knowledge to dancers. So she opened her studio in mm-hmm. one right after she went to college and then opened her studio and then has been training students ever since. So wow. yeah, she's definitely been my complete support system. Has I def- I would not be where I am today without her. I mean, I constantly look to her with advice on the dance world because I mean, having someone so close to me who knows the industry is so Mm-hmm. so nice. I, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. No, I mean, mom's support in general is, you know, it means so much to anyone, but I mean, your mom also in a sense, kind of being a mentor there with your career and, and knowing the ins and out that, that is amazing. That, that is something great to have. So back to New York though, Sophie, you know, so you've been here for four years, you, you've kind of been able to live the grind of it. Uh, you know, obviously auditioning and doing all this, probably tenfold compared to other people. But so what do you um, like and dislike about New York? Um, Well, I love that there's always something to do in New York City. I mean, of course, right now during the pandemic, that's a little bit different, but there's always something. And especially as a dancer in New York City, the dance community is amazing there. It's unlike anywhere else in the world. So I can take classes from teachers from all over the world that are having a class at steps on Broadway or Broadway Dance Center and surrounded by that energy all the time is really it's it's wonderful and I mean there's no other place like it where you can experience that Mm -hmm. I mean there's so many pros about living in New York City of course and um, I mean I love going out with my friends or my family when they're here going to trying all the different restaurants around the city 
Mm-hmm. It's great. And and so your dislike, there's always a dislike. <laughs> well, my apartment was a fourth floor walk up. So that mm-hmm. was times I suppose a bit challenging, you know, with groceries or luggage or when my family would come to stay with me during Christmas, it was a lot of us and the dog going up and down constantly. So that's always tough sometimes getting around mm-hmm. the city when there's 10 inches or of snow, if there's a huge snowstorm and then you're trying to get to a show, it's it's sometimes a bit tough, but um, I, I suppose the pros outweigh the cons, though. Yes, yes, but no, I, I feel your pain on 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 walk ups. I don't have a walk up, but just you know, walking up a couple flights, I'm already winded. It's not like we don't walk enough in New York, then to kind of come and walk, you know, upstairs. And there's, I think, a quote with someone like someone carrying like five bags of grocery and trying to open their door up their uh, walkway is like a staple of New York. So I feel like I always have so many bags constantly. Yes. Going. Yep. And so uh, total dislike. I'm with you on that one. And so overall, like, you know, New York has changed this year. I mean, 2020 for everyone. But, you know, in particular, New York was one of the first big hits with regards to COVID-19. You know, how do you think it's kind of changed New York since your four years starting here and now where we're at today? I mean, I remember the day when New York City really shut down. I was actually on a film set. And um, they came in and they announced um, CBS is shutting us down. And at that point, we just thought it might be a week or so. Of course, none of us knew what was to come. But I, over the summer, I was away from New York City, quarantining at our actual, actually our summer home in New Jersey. So not too far from the city, but I definitely, I wasn't sure how New York would feel when I would come back. I was worried that it might feel empty or different and then I was recently back filming another tv show and it really it it still felt alive to me it still felt the same energy I mean I know things are different and I love seeing all of the outdoor dining on the streets it just gave Mm -hmm. kind of an old New York feeling vibe that I loved but Mm -hmm. I mean it's definitely it's definitely going to be different and having Broadway dark right now I feel like a huge part of New York City is missing yep um we're just waiting for the day when everything can get back. And I, I know it will because I know artists and theater and performers are so strong. I mean, that's in their training that they're so disciplined that I know we'll be back stronger than ever once we are finally able to welcome people into the theater again. And so in that sense, there's always a liveliness to to performers, whether it be on the front end on stage or the back end, I'm sure, like you mentioned, you know, just being able to gather and having that community overall, just New York wise, you know, feel like we'll return to exactly what it used to be. Well, I feel that you know, New Yorkers and theater people in general, when I first had my first job in the theater, I absolutely fell in love with the community and New Yorkers in general. I just feel like they're so resilient. And coming from the ballet world, that's a completely different feeling. I mean, the ballet world is very, it it sometimes can be a little hard mentally on you. So coming to that welcoming community of New York City, I just feel like that will not be dimmed by this pandemic. I mean, I know this has been such a long time. And I mean, New York, we're, we're getting there, I suppose. But I think it will eventually hopefully, I'm hoping, get back to how it was. Beautifully said there, Sophie. Thank you for that. So along the way, Sophie, and, you know, being here in New York and kind of your career to biggest extent developing here, has New York kind of helped shape you in a way? 
Oh, definitely, definitely. I feel like I'm not really the same person I was when I didn't live in New York City. I feel like I'm a completely different person now because of New York and um, just the people that are living in New York City and that I've met. I mean, all of my best friends to this day now are all I met in New York City, and I believe they'll probably be my closest friends my entire life. And um, just the city in general, it's so vibrant and I mean as a dancer I think that's what we crave is constantly Mm -hmm. energy going from one thing to another and that's what I love I mean right now where I am I think in my career I love being busy and being able to go from one thing to another and that's what New York has to offer it's really um definitely New York has shaped me so much that's awesome. And and so what advice would you give to someone who is new to the city? Yeah, I think to, I mean, take advantage of everything the city has to offer because there's so much. And um, I mean, it definitely helped that I knew people there coming in when I was moving. But I think surrounding yourself or meeting new people, going to things so that you can create a community of your own within New York City. I mean, because I'm a dancer and the dance world isn't so large, it's pretty small in New York City that going to classes you meet all these dancers and then you see them at an audition and then you may see them somewhere else and you become really close to all these people and then it's kind of like your New York family so I definitely think take advantage of everything the city has to offer and um, yeah I mean I couldn't imagine living anywhere else now. Amazing okay and what advice would you give to a current New Yorker? Um, I think I mean once you're already living in New York City I'm constantly, I mean, I've been there for four years now, constantly amazed at other sections of New York that I've been discovering at times. Mm-hmm. I think, of course, like we always said, there's never a same place in New York City that feels the same or a neighborhood. So I love to, I love to go for runs. So I run from my apartment on 70th down to Battery Park along the Hudson River. Wow. And it's, mm-hmm. New York City just changes block from block. And I love that. And I think it never gets old, even if you've been in the city for a while. I mean, I'm fairly new to the city-ish. Mm-hmm. But I think just experiencing more of the city and what it has to offer is always very refreshing. <laughs> Amazing. And you're not new. I'm new. <laughs> You've been here four years. But no, that was great advice. So for New Yorkers, is, you know, just to keep relishing in the beauty of New York and all it has to offer is, is kind of never gets old. That is the key takeaway there. Awesome. Sophie, thank you so much for sharing your New York story and your thoughts. Gossip Nista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossipista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. Now, I would like to move on to our next segment on your spectacular career as a rock cat here in the city, as well as your acting and dancing outside the stage. So, you know, um, let's start from the beginning, though. Before we go into specific questions on you, can you, in your own words, explain, you know, um, who the Rockettes are and what they represent to New York City for those that may or may not know who they are or never seen them on stage? Sure. So the Radio City Rockettes 
perform at Radio City Music Hall in their Christmas Spectacular. Of course, this year we have been dark, but since then the Rockets performing every Christmas at Radio City Music Hall. And it is a precision dance company worldwide known for their eye-high kicks, of course, and their French twists and red lips. And yes, it's a quite an honor to be a part of such an amazing legacy that's so well-known and beloved to New York City. Literally, they are a staple and a legacy. They've been, you know, on stage since like the early 1900s, and and you know they're they're a signature to to here in the city, and 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 you being one of them. So let's um, you know, talk about that. And and so you know, you kind of shared with us earlier a little bit what ultimately led you to dancing, um, you know. But so then, what ultimately led you to uh, being a rockette? Sure. So actually, when I was younger, I was able to tour with the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. I played the role of Clara in the Christmas Spectacular. Wow. Yes, I was 11 and 12 years old. And at that time, Radio City had a touring production of the show. Currently, the show is only in New York City at Radio City Music Hall. But Mm -hmm. previously before that, they would have different touring companies that would travel across the country and go to different locations. So I performed the role of Clara in the Nutcracker scene, and I auditioned for that at Radio City Music Hall very young and booked the job. And then that's really when I fell in love with the Rockettes because I was on tour with them. Um, they were so nice to me as a little girl looking up to them. So that was always a goal of mine. You know, I wanted to be a Radio City Rockette because I just, I would watch them every year on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and think, oh, they're absolutely amazing, beautiful, think it looks so glamorous. So I, when I was in New York City, I ended up doing a job at the Metropolitan Opera. I was in The Merry Widow, which is, again, directed and choreographed by Susan Stroman. But in the show, there were a lot of dancers that were former Rockettes. They kept telling me, oh, you need to audition. You need to audition to be a Rockette. And of course, you know, that was always on my bucket list. So I decided to do it. And wow. yes, it was, they have every year an open call in April. And I think there was probably 600 girls wrapped around the block at Radio City Music Hall. It's quite an intimidating experience. It's a very long process. The audition is two days long. So you go in, you learn a combo, and then they make a cut. And it just continues like that for two days. You get a call back, cuts after cuts, and then they end with a small group. They've made it through the entire audition process. And Mm -hmm. pretty much you're just told you may get a phone call later in the summer with an offer. So around June, I got a phone call from Radio City Music Hall, and they said, we would like to invite you to participate in their summer intensive, which it was a week-long intensive where dancers from pretty much all over the world come to New York City, and they learn choreography from real Radio City Rockettes. So Mm -hmm. I, of course, said, absolutely, I'll be there in a day. And Mm -hmm. I participated in the summer intensive. There was an end of the week performance at NYU at the Skirball Center. And on stage, they ended up offering me the contract of a radio. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, quite a moment. Yes, like a staple in your life for sure. And, you know, just hearing everything you just shared in regards to what led you to being a Rockette, it's like you were always destined to be in it. It was it was going to happen. I mean, being Claire uh, in, you know, the Nutcracker on their touring thing. This is amazing. I didn't know all this, Sophie. So yeah. thanks for sharing that. Okay, so so then you got the offer on, on stage there. And so, you know, how was it, you know, becoming a Rockette? Like, what was that experience like? And, and you know, 
did all the training that you had done growing up, did that go into play? And can you kind of explain the specific type of training or, or dance they look for? Sure, sure. So it's a very rigorous rehearsal process putting on the show at Radio City. Um, the New Rockettes come for a boot camp, which is a week-long boot camp before the full rehearsals start. And that's pretty much your first introduction into how the room works, rehearsal, what's expected of you. And it's definitely a lot. We have an athletic trainer on site for us. And after each day, they have these huge tubs of ice baths that we just mm-hmm. merge your entire body in because you're it's really, there's a lot of physical activity on your legs. We're in heels, we're in three inch heels all day in mm-hmm. rehearsals. So it's definitely a lot. But I think, and we always stress this, of course, too, that at Radio City, that ballet training is really key to becoming a rocket. And for the style and the precision, if you have a solid technique, then you're, you're really so much better off. But Rockets have to be proficient in ballet, tap, and jazz. So it's you have to be definitely a well-rounded dancer. But mm-hmm. the rehearsal process is very long. It's six days a week, six hours a day, leading up to the Christmas Spectacular. And then once we're finished rehearsing, we have about two weeks of tech rehearsal at Radio City Music Hall, which is a full day in the theater, checking lights, spacing on stage, um, costumes. And then finally we have our previews and then opening night. And then the show goes for about two months. Wow. Okay. That that sounds intensive. So, I mean, six days a week, six hours a week, nonstop. Yeah. And, and so like the training for this starts somewhere in September and then the show happens when, and then when does it end? Mm-hmm. Like, so I guess my question is how long do people have to, to catch the, the Rockets yeah. on stage? Right. So we start rehearsals end of September, early October, and then we open at Radio City the beginning of November, and then we'll run to about beginning of January. And so, you know, given all that's happened in 2020, there has not been a Rockettes on stage this year, correct? Exactly. Yes. I know. It was very devastating when over the summer we heard the news. I mean, I think we all kind of knew it was coming, but it was still a little rough to hear. But Mm -hmm. they did, NBC did air a special of the Christmas Spectacular that was little segments of the show so that everyone at home could kind of experience the show this year. So that was very nice that at least there was still a little bit of rockets happening this Mm -hmm. We're all looking forward, hopefully to a 2021 where we can finally do the show again. Yes, yes, as am I, because, you know, I hate to admit this, but I have not seen the Rockettes on stage. So I'm sorry, Sophie. Everyone's probably like, oh, my gosh, did she say that? (laughs) But everyone needs to see it. I know that being in New York now, I know it's such a signature and I'm so excited to. So, okay, but Broadway being dark this year, um, how has that you know, affected you maybe or or the, um, you know, the dancers of Broadway. Can you give us some insight into that? Right. I mean, I also have a lot of friends that are on Broadway currently before the pandemic hit. And it's definitely very hard specifically for dancers because no matter what, if you stop training, you kind of lose your craft. So Mm -hmm. this whole time that we've been dealing with COVID, I've still been training. I'm currently at home in West Virginia right now for the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I'm still training every day, running, doing my ballet bar, just so that I can stay prepared for the day when we're finally back. Because I feel like if you stop your training, it's too hard to get back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's been 
constantly waiting and training, which it's very hard, but dancers are very strong mentally that I think will will get through this. Perfect. Okay. So just keep, you know, training out your craft during this time has been key. Yep. Um, now, you know, you, you, you mentioned, I think a little earlier, or, or maybe I just may know this, but, you know, aside from being on stage with the Rockettes, you're also uh, doing, you know, some, some filming on set as well as dancing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that aspect of your career? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't expect this to happen, but a few years ago when I was in New York City, I saw a casting on backstage for extras on the TV show Homeland, and I mm-hmm. and ended up getting the job. And then that really introduced me to the whole TV and film world of New York City, which I absolutely love that now. So when I'm in the off season at Radio City, I do other dancing jobs here and there as well, but I love doing jobs on TV and film sets, which I find it so interesting to see what goes into making a TV show and the filming aspect of it. And filming on the streets of New York City is always very exciting. Mm-hmm. So just recently in October, went back to the city and filmed on the TV show Younger. Yes, I spotted that on your Instagram feed. <laughs> I portrayed a surfer girl, which is very funny because over the summer, I live at the beach and I surf. So it was very it was a very uh, similar part for me to play. Felt oh, wow. home, but it was great. And driving into the city in October, I mean, when I saw the skyline, I started crying because, like, well, I'm finally home. I feel like a piece of me stays in New York City when I'm not there. But mm-hmm. uh, it was, I love filming on TV shows. I, like I said, I think it's so interesting to observe. I've done a few episodes on Blue Bloods. What else? I played a ballet dancer on Law and Order. I worked on the dudes and um, younger. So, oh my gosh, you are literally naming off like all the New York staple shows. Right, so <laughs> that is awesome. You know, and and well, younger is one of my favorite. Oh, um, I'm a huge Sutton Foster fan. I've seen her in every Broadway show. So, oh my gosh, that I was definitely a fangirl moment. Well, that's awesome. I'm so happy you've been on all these shows and I'm happy to know, you know, they're continuing and they're filming for whatever season is coming up next. TV and film is really what is happening in New York City right now. Of course, you know, live theater camp, but TV and film have found a way to work around the pandemic. When I just filmed on a set, I actually got three COVID tests that were paid and had to be done by production before I could come on set. So they're keeping the sets very safe, which is great. And they're able to do that. But Mm -hmm. found a way to start the TV and film industry again in New York City during this time. Oh, wow. That is great insight. Thanks for sharing that, that they're, you know, constantly testing and, and making sure that, yeah. that everyone on set is, is being safe and everyone, yeah, in general. So very safe on set. We are all in N95 masks and the director was in just shield. I mean, it was a lot of precautions were taken. Wow. Well, you lead such an exciting life, you know, I mean, from dancing on stage to just constant rehearsals and, and you know, moving around to also filming and dancing off stage on television sets. That is so exciting, Sophie. Like, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not doing enough here. So kudos to that. Um, you know, is there anything you feel like I may have uh, missed in regard to the Rockettes or uh, filming and, and dancing career that that you'd like to share? I don't think so. I think just that the Rockettes show, we do so many shows within the season, even though the run at Radio City is only two months. We Mm -hmm. do over 100 shows in those two months because the Rockettes can perform up to four shows a day. 
So yeah, definitely within that season, it is constantly performances after performances. I think last year or possibly my first season, I did four shows on Christmas. So it's it's a crazy schedule. I mean, I think I'm grateful this year to be able to spend it at home, but I really miss performing. Yeah, I know. Is this like your first Christmas at home then in a while? It, is. it definitely is. It feels so different. That is it's going to be, I'm sure, exciting, though, a, a different change, you know, being with the family. Um, you know, it'll just be that much more exciting when you get into it next year. Exactly. Wow. Well, you've really given us a great insight into the Rockettes and, you know, what it's like to become one, what it's like leading up to one, and then just filming and acting in New York. What I'd love to do now, Sophie, is kind of um, just go into our third segment where I want to ask tips for the audience. Gossip Nista here, or better yet, the real person behind the podcast, Mariana. Hey everyone. I wanted to take a moment here in 2020 to thank all of my listeners, supporters, and guests from the bottom of my heart. Without your help, your interviews, and your tuning in, this podcast would not be possible. From my first interview with Rick McGuire from Subway Creatures, who's a staple here in the city, to movers and shakers helping to make New York City a better place, such as Eric Adams and Tali Farhadian Weinstein and so many other great guests. Oh, and Gotham Podcast Studios, someone who helped launch my first episode. To making friends with people like Brandon Valadez, who was new to the city, and this podcast helped inspire him. And in less than six months of being here, he got his dream job and lives in his dream city. From vibrant guests and New Yorkers like Jacqueline Bernstein talking stereotypes of New York, and of course, my lovely Rockette guest today, Sophie Solnicki, this is my love letter to New York and to you all. Cheers to everyone who will join me in the next chapter. Here's to a wonderful 2021. I like to start by you mentioned this earlier, you know, a lot of little girls dream of being Rockettes or, or just a lot of people is, may aspire to be a Rockette. Um, what advice, you know, would you have wished that someone may have told you to maybe help you become a Rockette or a dancer or star on Broadway, like a little easier? Right. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded growing up with people that were really supporting me and backing up my dance career. But I think for some people, they may not know what to do or how to for this but I think just being really well trained I mean training is everything especially as you're younger growing up if you're maybe in a dance school or you want to you know pursue that or if you want to pursue singing or acting just to really train and hone in on your craft and know what you do best and then to just be really prepared for anything I think when you get an audition room you never know what might be thrown at you when I was actually auditioning at the Met I it was a ballet audition and you know I was like okay this is what I'm strongest at this is great and then at the very end of the audition the director said can anyone do any acro and we were in heels and luckily because I grew up at a dance studio I had been doing acro my entire life and I was able to do, I don't know, a back walkover or something. And then that's 
kind of what booked me the job. So I think to just wow. be prepared for anything that might be thrown at you in an audition or whatever that might be. That is literally a great tip. I mean, just pretty much being well-rounded and, and multi-skilled in a sense, right? Like not just be streamlined towards towards one specialty. And and earlier you mentioned like ballet is a pivotal thing for being a rocket. Um, I mean, obviously uh, tap dancing. I mean, what are those specifics you would say? Right, definitely. So yes, to be a rocket, you have to be between the height of five six and five ten and a half. So I'm five six. So I Barely made it, thank goodness. But yeah, so you have to be proficient in ballet, tap, and jazz because we do two big tap numbers in the show, as well as then technique. And of course, for eye high kicks, I mean, you have to be flexible and have training. And um, and then on top of all of that, we're dancing in heels, so you have to be able to, you know, really move well and know your body well and know that you're a strong dancer underneath all of that. Yeah, so definitely, I think ballet training is so important because it really is the base of all dance forms. And I think if you have strong ballet training, then you'll be stronger in other aspects of performing as well. Perfect. Okay. And I love how you noted that there's like specific requirements there of like 5'6 to like Mm 5'10 to to be a Rockette. I think, you know, and I I read somewhere along the line, that's because the whole idea of the Rockettes was just like, also like the the legs and the synchronizing of them right so like the the longer your legs are and things along those lines it kind of gives for the performance right, correct so we actually make an illusion on stage and we put the tallest rocket in the center of the line and then the least tall rockets go out to the side so it creates the illusion on stage like we're all the same height which we're really not but we're all tall but we mm-hmm. definitely create the illusion that all rockets are the same height so then when we're picking at the end of our numbers it looks like all of our legs are along the same line wow well i'm super excited to see the rockets on stage as i'm sure everyone is and probably missing it during this season um but you know in regards to um more so specific acting and 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 dancing off stage like what are some tips you'd you'd give to people kind of wanting to go into that realm right I think also it's so important to do your research as well as to what might be filming or what's happening in New York City I love doing that and finding out you know it definitely to be proactive with your career and um I mean I think the first steps would be as well to find an agent and Get on all of, there's lots of casting networks around New York City for actors, for dancers, for singers that you see job listings and then you can apply right there online, no matter where you are really in the country. And you send your resume and then they review it and then you may get a message back for either a self-tape audition or I know that's what's happening now because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, so definitely just do your research, know what's out there so that you can submit yourself for roles. And I mean, really take advantage of everything and then hopefully something will happen. Yeah. Yep. Jinx there. (laughs) We both said happen at the same time. So what do you mind sharing like some specific resources or places where people do like can find some acting gigs? Like if it just comes off the top of your head? Yes. So I'm a member of Backstage, which is uh, you can get on your app on your phone, but you create an account and then you just upload your headshot and your resume and then you see all these listings. And then I'm also a part of Casting Networks and Central Casting, which they're They have two locations, LA and New York City, but I'm a part of their New York City clients. Really easy to just register yourself and then you'll see every film set that's filming in New York City. And if there's a dance job that may need dancers of a certain type, then you can just submit yourself right there. 
That is awesome. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Central Casting is still around. I think um, once upon a time, I may have gone through them. This was like, I lived, I'm from LA and uh, may have booked like a Arrested Development piece for a second there through them. So that is great to know, you know, that like they're like still here and strong, like the original booking. Yeah, they they book, they're in charge of booking so many shows in New York City, but that is awesome. Well, thanks for those tips and that advice, Sophie, there. Now, I do have to put you on the spot in regards to this. this is not so much on the spot, but, you know, so I'm sh- the Rockettes, I'm sure, is like your favorite Broadway show. What is another Broadway show you recommend that's a must to people? There's so many good ones. I mean, you can name like top three. Top three. That's so hard. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard now because they're opening and closing. I'm really looking forward to the music band, which is hopefully opening on Broadway once all of this is over. But it's starring Sun Foster and Hugh Jackman. I'm super excited. Oh, wow. What is it called? It's called The Music Man. The Music Man. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, hasn't, it hasn't opened yet. Of course, they were kind of in that process once this all hit, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And then I think from previous times, my favorites have been, let's see, I loved Thoroughly Modern Millie, um, Anything Goes, Curtains when I was younger was one of my all-time favorites. Um, uh, There's just so many. I think I've seen so many Broadway shows at this point. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. And for someone who maybe like myself hasn't done too much Broadway, like what can people expect going into a Broadway show? Well, I love going into a Broadway theater. I miss that so much right now. But you're completely transported into a whole nother world for two hours watching a show because there's really nothing like live theater. So um, it's just a very magical place to be. And it's so there's so much energy in the theater and the performers seeing them sing live and dancing the ensemble. It's just it's a really great experience. It's great to go with people, even go by yourself or your family. It's really a wonderful night on Broadway. Perfect. Okay. And then so um, what, what do you think Broadway will look like in 2021? Like, what, what, what are your expectations of it? Right. I mean, I know it's definitely going to be different. And I know Broadway relies so much on tourists from New York City to go see the shows. So I think that's why, of course, it's struggling right now. And of course, you know, with safety precautions, we can't go into a theater, but it relies so heavily on tourists coming to New York City that it's going to be very hard for them to come back but I I mean I think it will and I know Radio City will it's just that right now we're we're on pause but Mm -hmm. it definitely will look different I know some shows are doing small performances or have been able to be aired on TV which is fabulous for the Broadway community and I think we're starting to see a lot more of that with streaming online and seeing past Broadway performances that you can watch on Broadway.com or other insights, which maybe weren't as necessarily available before this pandemic hit. So I suppose that's one plus Mm -hmm. that it's more available to people that haven't been able to see Broadway before, but it definitely will be different once it does return. Yeah, no, it's great. Those things you mentioned that are available, but do do you foresee like you know, a packed Broadway theater show with people? That's the question, right? The energy and the stage and all of that. Oh, no, I hope so. I'm staying hopeful that that will happen. I mean, I think it's going to be a long road until then. But right now, Broadway is hoping to open in June. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's what's that's what's being said. But mm-hmm. let's hope we can get there. I, I'm not sure. But of course, with everything happening, but maybe with the vaccine, we'll 
we'll of course progress I believe we believe it's gonna happen but but June you know we can hope for that the opening of it to to begin perfect Sophie so now overall you know what's your hope for New York in 2021 I think I'm really hoping that it will have the same energy as it did prior I know it feels a little different now and it feels a little less crowded but I mean I suppose the plus of that is that the subways are so clean now I yeah. heard them when I visited and it's very nice but I'm hoping that it still has that same magic that I felt before when I was living there but I know it will take time and I know it's so devastating for businesses in New York City that can't really be open right now but I'm hoping that we'll slowly be able to rebuild after all of this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel, you know, new exciting things will kind of evolve from this as unfortunate as, you know, other things leaving us have been, you know, but definitely um, 2021 feeling good about it. And thank you for sharing that, Sophie. Now, I do want to ask, you know, is there anything I, I you would like to share that I may have missed or didn't ask pertaining to anything we discussed? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Well, great. Um, so, but before I let you go, Sophie, I, I do like to do this little segment that it'll only take a minute. It's called a New York minute where I'll just do a speed round of questions and you answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you okay to play that? Oh, of course. Yes. Perfect. So I'm just going to count down three, two, one, and then we'll go. So here we go. Three, two, one. Favorite New York neighborhood. Uh, Upper West Side. Favorite New York food. Vegan Van Leeuwen ice cream. Ooh, okay. Favorite season in New York? Um, spring. Favorite New York tourist destination? Uh, Radio City Music Hall, of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Favorite non-tourist destination? Uh, I love I love the path leading along the Hudson before you get to Battery Park. It passes the marina. I love that area. It's a walk. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Favorite holiday in the city? Oh, Christmas. Of course. Favorite New York subway line? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I think the, I guess the one, two, three, that's probably what I use the most. Yep. Um, favorite New York park? Uh, Central Park. Perfect. Favorite weekend getaway from New York? Oh, oh my, my house in New Jersey by the beach. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. By the beach. That's great. Okay. One word to describe New York? Exhilarating. <laughs> and one tip on how to live your best life in New York? Take advantage of everything the city has to offer. Oh, lovely. You, you know, I don't know if you did it under a minute, but most likely when I edit this out. Thank you so much for your time today, Sophie. It's such a pleasure speaking with you and learning about your spectacular, you know, career on, on Broadway and everything you shared today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of your podcast. So this is very special for me today. Oh, well, thank you. And happy holidays. And, you know, uh, hoping for an amazing 2021 for all. Thank you, Sophie. Suddenly it's Christmas in New York. are warming up the Radio City sold out of all of their tickets. The windows on the avenue. Just a band they're telling you. Suddenly it's Christmas in New York. Find me on Broadway. Thanks for tuning in to Gossipista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossipista to get my latest New York happenings. 
But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at gossipnista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossip Nista.